Welcome to the Digital Transformer Podcast, your number one podcast on digital innovation, transformation, and venture building. We help entrepreneurs and corporate innovation leaders like you gain the knowledge and skills you need to build the leading digital businesses of your industry. Today, I talk to Marcos, the founder of Tony's SE. At the age of 45, Marcos and his co-founder created a digital story playback device for small children and within only six years of starting operations, scaled the company to IPO. Today, Tony's has won numerous design awards and has sold the category-defining products to users in more than 100 countries. But the story wasn't easy. Frustrated by the lack of child-friendly solutions to consume audio dramas, Marcus and his co-founder dedicated three years to create a solution before hitting the market. In the process, they learned what it takes to conquer the next generation of customers. In today's episode, we cover why iterative product development is wrong while launching radically innovative products and why you should focus on product perfection instead. The importance of customer knowledge and passion across the team when building category-defining products and other important factors when building and scaling a hardware-based company to IPO. So with no further ado, let me welcome Marcus. Hey, Marcus. Awesome to have you in the podcast. I first came across your company actually in the Spiegel article. And back then I thought, hey, it's super interesting that two grown-up men identified a pain point in the children's toy industry and build a massive company around it. And so for me, that was a perfect illustration of, of the core theme in a way that we often discuss in this podcast is how can companies identify the need of new customer groups, in particular of Gen Z, and build solutions that really appeal to them. And you personally right now with Tony's are already a step ahead. So you're basically building products by now for Gen Alpha, if you want to call it that way. But back in the time when you started, you were basically targeting, so to speak, the, the baby versions of those who are now in school or soon even entering the workforce. And so you basically know Gen Z from the very early start. And I think it's just such a curious concept. And maybe for those who, who have absolutely no idea what Tony's is, maybe briefly describe in two, three words who you are, what you do, and so on. Yeah, thanks, Kilian. Thanks for having me here on this podcast. And yeah, briefly, Marcos, mid 50, as you said. So we founded a company called Tony's uh, almost eight years ago. It's meanwhile the largest connected audio platform for kids, which starting from one year to 10. In a nutshell, it works with an, an intelligent loudspeaker connected to wireless LAN, and you put a figure on the top of the loudspeaker, and on the Gruffalo, the Asterix, the Disney, the Mickey Mouse, and the box recognizes the figurine, and it starts playing. So it's the modern play and pause switch for kids now. Uh, so we really make digital again haptical, so that uh, kids could uh, see in their famous character and, and, and play as they like. So this is what we have invented uh, eight years ago. Uh, and as you said, so my background, I'm coming from telecommunication engineering, started in Aachen at WAU, I've done my master in telecom and car industry. And as you introduced uh, our topic today, so I think the idea or this, this, this came actually from our own kids. So Patrick, my co-founder, myself, been uh, having two kids and uh, very much into audiobooks and audio listening is a very much German tradition, but I think it's now spread around 
to grow but and and we identified that there is no appropriate system for 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 younger kids and and, and therefore we invent this completely new I think it's it's so interesting because like if if you look at those boxes, I mean the, the listeners right now can't see them, right? But like you basically have like say a little jukebox, and we're on top. You you put like this little figure in, which is super cute and which is appealing to children, and like their favorite cal- characters, as you said, from Disney and from from like all different types of stories. And it's really interesting that as a lot of companies, let's say, move away from the physical, you ultimately basically. The, the opposite right in order to to appeal to something where you said i mean i think it famously said in this article that ultimately hey you can't really play with a cd as a kid like it's pretty boring so you want something that's like visually appealing and this is ultimately very much also a point where you say hey this is this is something that i have to i have to really like think like or put myself into the shoes of my customer group and we, we can touch upon the fact that you basically actually have two customer groups in a second, right? The parents and the, and the children itself. So, so it's really nice to see how this fact of like putting yourself into the position and at the same time being your own customer group. And I think that's that's a unique mix here that, that ultimately led to it. What would be super interesting for me to understand is... Let, let's basically dive right into the into the very beginning of the story when you started out. You had this idea, you had this realization, you realized that there, there was this need. And what was the major challenge that you had to overcome in the first, let's say, year or two? I think especially given that it's also a hardware business, right? It's not like a software you just develop and then it scales. Uh, so I think there's also much more to it, which is also, let's say, putting a bit of a twist in here. So, so just like, what was the situation and, and what was really this this big challenge that they had to overcome in the first? Yeah, I mean, there are, there's a few things in there, what you're saying. First, I think one comment to what you said uh, about the kind of customer user group. Uh, in fact, there are really small kids or so the product is being meanwhile used by kids from 12 months. And they have a specific behavior in how they use certain things. And they can't press, for instance, the button on a CD player. And, and when we started and founded the company, we recognized that it was in, in 2013, 25% still using in Germany a cassette player for good reason, because it was also easy to operate. But the, the, the disadvantage has been there has been no content coming across. There's only for the Germans, the three question marks there along and Benjamin Blümchen, but that's it. So there has been no content. And as a growing, growing thing of digitalization and streaming and uh, more content availability there is for those customers i put in brackets younger kids there has been no proper device that they could use it by themselves and, uh, and i think this is uh, therefore i think we've resolved also a problem with our product uh, and therefore it has it, it requires simply also some ha- haptical element and this form factor and this emotion and magic through a figurine because 12 months two years three years old kid can't operate on other systems. I think they're, they're doing and learning very fast. They could swipe in an iPad, etc. But and the, and the other element is that you won't not like as parents, of course, would let your kids playing with your dad's or mom's iPad the whole day. So and having then a one hour, two hour kind of structured listening with an haptical element, I think is kind of very, very strong position. Now, to your last point, when we found the company in 2013, you need to remember the technology elements. Uh, and you rightly said there is also hardware involved that makes the whole thing a bit more, I would say, challenging. So we have also an app. Uh, we, we have, as we are startup, we thought we need to have an app. So with the app, you could record 
and we have some creative Tony, some figurines. It's like an empty cassette where you could feed in content through this app, more than mic. But but uh, I think the the hardware element there is in this box. There is a, an electronic unit with 200 components. There is a loudspeaker. There is an Aku. There is and the wireless LAN that time, I mean, two, back 2013, was quite new, to be honest. And there were different routers. And this was a, a difficulty. And this was finally also the reason why we postponed the launch by half a year, because we need to be working 100% correctly through all the VLAN routers around there. So there was a heavy testing and then we have heavy requirements because you're doing a product, electronic product for, for kids. So the hardware element has been uh, tremendously. And then we have another technology element is called RFID or NFC, what everybody today knows from uh, when they do a payment with your Apple Watch or something like that. But back 13, that has been really at the beginning. And then, uh, and that's why it, uh, identifying the right tech, NFC tech, near field communication tech, which is in every figurine we build in. We found this in India from the medical industry and uh, because there has a long distance for getting, uh, getting this read out. And uh, so, I think there has been 2013 has been when we start the company a lot of technology things which are not there today, uh, but we were at the right time, which was important. I mean, you probably know a lot of examples in the industry where great ideas were too early because technology has been not around this. So there was a perfect moment for us that we right at the beginning of these these these, these technology elements, and, and from that we then could start developing and um, but it took not only one year as we know as expected to took us three years to uh, to hit the market then in 16. but was just just out of curiosity was it was it basically that you said hey like i have this idea we want to create it and it just so happened so to speak that the technology was right on time ripe in a way or was it that as you said like it took the three years because you realized hey there's so much let's say Things that are actually not ready yet that kind of like have to be ready how did that look like i think uh, it's a good question we we, we we never even i'm an engineer but patrick is a creative guy so my co-founder and, and the idea came from his and his kids and but he, the idea came really from a simple usage uh, of the, the logic and a design for for his kids our kids or younger kids so we don't care about technology at all and then we came up and they say because at the first there has been this mock-up and uh, that that we need to have a that a figurine that the haptical element plays an important role but if there would be another technology i don't know i don't know what bluetooth or whatever they're around so we would not uh, take case with the most important one for those who have not seen the product watch at tonis.com or tonis.de so you could see it the design of it's a very soft cube for kids there are two ears where you could adjust the volumes and this is done on purpose because kids can't press the button at that age but they can press an ear you navigate by clapping the side so this this fundamental elements but uh, we we come more from the from the how a, a young kid would use and would like to get access to content and this is more the main driver and the technology is more a kind of second role it wasn't so important but at that point then we we came to the point and said well it seems to be that the combination of wireless LAN, Wi-Fi, and uh, and RFID or NFC is the, is the right right approach, but it could be also completely different. So we, we don't care. We come here from the right. okay. from, from the user perspective. So ultimately, the technology is more it's an enabler, so to speak. Which I think it's it's a recurring theme. I think a lot of lot of companies that you talk to say ultimately uh, we had the idea in mind, and ultimately you don't start with the technology just because you have it. So you do something with it, but you really start with the 
end picture in mind and then let's say see how can you actually facilitate it by the existing solutions that are in the market what is what would be particularly interesting for me still like in, in this regard is how like did you first start testing the physical pr product or did you primarily focus on on the storytelling aspects like also to to innovate on that part or how did that all come together so we, we really put focus and if i do hardware and this is probably not right only for us but for every other who's Having this idea found in the company with Hubble, you really need to focus on the product. So we and we discussed hours, days, months, and use cases on, on, on what is the typical behavior of a customer, a kid, and the family using this product. And uh, and we try to get this really working. So the first year we really focus on technology that this is fully running and working. And in parallel, and this is what you need to do. The other important element in our product is is a license business. So you need to you need to get great characters and content for the system so we need to yeah, drive around and 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 get, get get this done and for that of course you need to kind of storytelling and explain the great concept so we had a mock-up we had a first prototype and then we drive to whole germany and, and another year and, and trying to get these licenses uh, on board so we need to do parallel but we were then lately then if if we know that the technology is there and could do it and we have some licenses we have some protection we've done also a, a large ipr portfolio protection part then we went out and, and and start talking about it and that's probably the reason why it took three years and it's not not possible to do this in one year and what was the major learning that you had like looking back at the early stages what would you say was the major success factor that ultimately helped you succeed or bring the company to where it is today i mean it's as uh, simply as one i think the fundamental thing has been that that is a great product i mean we, we we start a company with a product which has a huge relevance which we now no, I mean, we have now 4 million boxes connected in kids' rooms. It seems to be that it's not only our thought and thinking. I think you need, if you have a product which has a, a relevance or solves a problem, which I think does, our product does, then a lot of things is, are much easier, to be very honest. I mean, uh, you see them in the great brands, for products around as well, but you need to do spending huge marketing role to explain it but that has been not happening here and and the other thing was of course i mean there's also this kind of two simple um we had at the beginning uh, we were 12 people uh, we were very much focused with a lot of passion around one table and pushing this for three years we were just only 12 today we're 400 but this time we're 12 so having them the right setup and people who've been extremely ambitious and passionate about this and, and believing that this is a, it's a great, great, great opportunity. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity, to be honest. It was, I think, the main ingredients. And then there comes on the second level, of course, you need to have the appropriate licenses, the appropriate characters, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But I think it starts with the, with, 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 the, with the, having a great product makes things much, much, much easier. And what would you recommend people or companies, so founders, companies, everyone who's right now trying to, let's say, get into, let's say, the hands of a new customer group, how would you, what would you say, like, do in order to really succeed at doing this? You mean is it, what is a general general recommendation for founding on a similar level of company or no? When you when you start off right when you when you start up a company you say hey I really right now or if it's just like a new product line whatever it is but if you say hey I really want to right now create a product that matters for a customer group that I might not be familiar with how can you really ensure that once it hits the market it actually is going to be a success. What's what's your number one recommendation here? You need to separate whether there is a kind of um, it's it, it, 
it is a, it's a, it's a product which is already existing. You do it better. So, I don't, example, you, you 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 there are a lot of headphones around, and you said now I have an idea for a great new one. And there's a different story than you inventing something completely new, a new category that what we have done. Well, the second one we have done, so we, I, I'm not a big friend of doing then big uh, mafo, so questioning us around and asking too much people. So you could do it, do a lot with your with your own brain, with your own people, with your own family. So that's how we started. And if if um, and you need to talk about your idea. This is also strange, but I'm hearing with some founders or startups, they they think they have the greatest greatest idea and they've been quite secret. So really you need to talk and justify with your own neighborhood. You could do a lot, to be very honest. So you don't need marketing agencies. Uh, and then you find out, and it was probably one reason why we've been so successful with founding the company at at uh, high age. So we are old, we're mid forty when we start a company. So we know a lot of people. And, and this gives us a lot of speed. So you could then ask somebody, could you do the testing for me? Could you do the website for me? Could you do the hardware? Could you do this and that? And do you know a production partner in China who could help us? La, 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 la. And I uh, think this is based on our both network we have in different industries. And this, this speeds up a lot. So because you don't need to invent everything by a, a new. So, so therefore, I would say in the category, when you say, well, I, I come with a completely new idea who should you ask? I mean, uh, you need to be convinced by yourself. And then you say, well, this is a great product. And then you confirm it and you develop it. And, and it's, um, it's it's a, di- a different story when you when you try to copy at better scale or better pro- product and then having a new, uh, if, you, if you try to invent a new, complete new product, it has been our case. Yeah, it's so interesting because I think it's 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 so hard in a way because I think in the beginning a lot of people are just always skeptical like hey this is something new this has never been done before why should it work right and then, there's a lot of buts there's a lot of but this exactly. is the job in, there's a lot of but we heard why this is this is by far too expensive so we we came with eighty euro and all people said our oh, shareholders fifty euros because people they 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 know what they know but they don't know about our new product and there's a lot of buts it is too expensive. Retail wouldn't take it. Uh, you don't get licenses. You la 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 la. So this is this is very typical, and, and and this is you need to remove everything. You need to believe on on if you're convinced about your product what we have, that we have been from the beginning on, and then and and then you and then you go and you shoot, and then 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 then. So it's not you should be not reluctant to good advices and help and that's <laughs> that's but uh, but don't listen too much on the bad sayers and. <laughs> Don't don't quote the naysayers. Just like go for go go seek the support of those people who believe in you. That's right. <laughs> Which is super interesting because I guess it in a way it goes a lot against this let's say very common perception these days that you have to in a way be agile. You have to iterate. You have to test things quickly. But w- what I'm hearing right now is you say ultimately, hey, like. If, if it's a completely new category and a completely new product, there is only so much you can test. You first have to, let's say, especially if it's a hardware product, right? Where you can't just like create a mock-up, put it in front of a, a 12 month old, like that's not going to work. He's not going to tell you, I like this. I don't like it. Right. But in a, in a way he or she would do it. I mean, this is, I think we, therefore we postponed the launch because we know that we, we had only one possibility to hit the market and it needs to be working 100% perfect so it needs to be so if the product is for instance falling down the table it still works because it has to be so robust so it's a high quality product because 
kids, well, somebody who has kids knows what kids are doing. With so, uh, yeah, they're playing football with the device. and So you're getting your feedback, and if it's not working, then, then probably kids don't use it anymore. So you get some kind of, of course, indirect uh, feedback on the product, but it needs to be perfectly working, robust. And again, here, technology helps a lot because through this wireless band, you could get access to the box and do some repair software over the air updates, etc. So there is almost no uh, quality topics uh, even today. So, and this is very important. I mean, it's also even more important if you have a completely new product because then you uh, you build up trust in the category. And uh, also as another element, our I think after technology, our second largest group is customer care. So we don't see customer care or just only as uh, you could call if you have an issue, but they're also with the customers and helping in certain areas, how do installation on new products, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a, it's a strong and large group based here in Düsseldorf which I think is also equally important for the whole product experience that this is really perfectly right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think customer customer service is such an important aspect these days because people are used to or are so, let's say, yeah, they're they're used to just getting everything at the fingertips, right? And so if if something doesn't work, it's, it's so frustrating and you just want it solved ASAP and you don't want to wait like for someone to get back to you in five working days and then be like, hey, this doesn't work. And then they don't even have the answer or you Google online and like it simply doesn't work. So so I think really also involving the the people, not only having, let's say, a dedicated customer care department where you say, hey, they, these people only help with customer questions, but also getting them more involved in the process of like setting up and so on and so forth. I think that really helps them also. In a way, it's a training. It's a training on a job, if you will. Yeah, and also to dot level too, and therefore we're measuring also NPS uh, frequently, which is extremely high. It's always pretty above 80, so it's a huge number, I think. So you could do measuring this. We have, as I said, the, those people sitting here in Düsseldorf is a Düsseldorf number. It's not a kind of whatever zero eight hundred. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it is. They're really and they're full time employed, so this is really because we perceive this is extremely important. That they're just only selling, so that you're also helping customers across their journey with the products. And you know that when somebody buys this box, they have on average 20 tonnes being bought. So, and this is a, they're long in that system. So, and, and therefore it requires also a strong customer care. So, so just some of the, the first phase. So basically what you said, like, hey, in the beginning, it was like a challenge was ultimately that you had to convince people or convince yourself in the way as well, that, that this idea that you originally had, you had to really push through it. There was not much of like saying, hey, like I'm just going to tweak a bit here or there because it was a completely new category and a completely new group. And so what's crucial is that you really strongly believed in that in the success of this product and that you said at the same time leverage, like say existing technology, so just facilitate it, but then say run some tests, but really also let's say perfect the product before really bringing it to market in the first place. Yeah, and, and I think you know, I mean, you need to be extremely flexible. You need to manage probably daily insecurities and uh, you need to be uh, adapting very fast. I mean, we have, of course, issues also with uh, not only software, but we have also with the knitting of because it's the form outside and then how that has been knitted. It has been extremely difficult. Uh, it sounds really strange as a simple one, but you have really every week you had an issue and you said, no, let's, there's an issue, come, let's fix it, solve it, go. Which is, which is, of course, easier with the, when you're in a people of 12 and you have good partners to work on. But this is really daily, daily, daily. And then let's go, let's go, let's go. And then, yeah, sometimes you, you, 
you develop also some kind of uh, you are happy to having everyday problems so i don't know it's kind of sports i'm not just joking so. let's maybe shift gears a bit so hmm? once the company let's say got on the growth 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 trajectory and you really started seeing traction and people and customers started coming in what was a challenge that you then had to overcome like while growing the company because you just said hey you started with 12 people right now you're 400 like in this process of building up the company to that like size as it, as it is today what would you say was the the major challenge and how did you how did you overcome that yeah i think majors always of course you would like to have only one but i think um, <laughs> Let's say there's 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 unfortunately a few. The one is of course that you you grow with your your people at the beginning. Or let's say up to 50, you recruit from your own network and say, well, I know this and she and him, and then you could do that and then hire them. But you, if you're growing so fast and you need to have another work of how you work and professionalism, and so I think you can't do it with with your own network. You need to hire really external great guys. So this is so growing with the people. The other element is that you, your kind of fundamental tools needs to be growing. So at the beginning, we have done the finance with a simple Excel sheet and we have done our reporting and we have la, 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 la. We don't have any uh, PLM, CRM, uh, all the kind of things and tools. So it's also, um, it sounds a bit boring, but I think uh, you need to grow also here heavily. And then in our case, there's a third element, which is, uh, is this internationalization. So it's 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 a, it's one thing to having such a product for German kids. Even I think kids are, by the way, the same, but parents are different, and uh, and, and UK people are different families than in Germany, in the US, and in France. We are all in that countries, and so internationalization gives you also, on the one hand, a great potential for growth, but also, uh, of course, some challenges and how you manage in different countries. So I think. Growing with the people, growing with the kind of company processes and tools. So meaning this framework, operational excellence becomes more and more important as, as, as you grow. And then the fourth element, of course, as we, it's a hardware business, the kind of financing part has also great relevance, uh, continuously great relevance. It's not, not like in other problems, founding and startups, they're doing with the respect of all these kind of great companies, but you have a software and app and you've done this and then you scale it. But we have still also investing in hardware. So we need to decide in January with how many products we produce in December. So it's a huge question of working capital and how you grow. And, and, and so the financing part is also in the fourth element. So unfortunately, there's not this one thing. I think you need to do all four uh, in order to then grow and grow, for instance, so fast as we did. So we are in the six years of operation now. It's not that we are kind of 20, 30 years old company. So it's 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 quite young company. and. What, what, what would be interesting for me is like, because you, you said the first point is ultimately hiring the right people, right? Do you go ahead and like look for people who have a particularly good understanding in the recruiting process of your end customer group? Like, is, is that something that's important to you? And, and if so, how do you figure that out? Yeah, I, I think at the beginning, I had this kind of trick, I would say, in the, when I particularly myself done the interviews, I've, I've, I've taking the, the, the product in the interview. And it doesn't matter whether we look for somebody for financing, for marketing, for technic, or R&D, and it's not touching the product and trying to investigate what this product is about. He, he was out. So you need, to have, you need to have a passion for this product and the haptic with the feeling and how it works. And you need to have probably also kind of, I don't know, passion to audio and audiobooks, listening, music, la la. This needs to be 
is important. But as you grow, I think you need to have also um, a lot of knowledge in your dedicated area. So if you're looking for, we, we hired, for instance, a, a great chief operating officer uh, who has been very experienced, worked in the US, in China, with large companies, who is responsible now for whole of operations, uh, so production, logistics, uh, quality, design. This is this is very specific, and you need, to, in, in, in addition to the, the product love, customer understanding for a product, you need to have some other quali qualification in order to, to, to do your, your work. And that's why we started some years ago also with uh, huge assessment centers. Uh, if you start, for instance, in marketing with us, you need to you need to do an exercise or if you do in software, you need to program something. And uh, so it's, 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 it's for such a small company, a heavy recruitment process, I would say. So it's not only an interview and then it's done. So it's really everybody needs to do homework. Somebody in customer care needs to work two days at the phone call. So this is um, what I'm trying to say at the beginning, at the early stage, when you found the company, it's really, we need somebody, oh, I know somebody, let's come. And now it's completely different because you need, you need another level of professionalism. And, 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 uh, and that's why we, we uh, increased also in areas of our people in culture team, our HR recruitment process, etc. So we um, doing there a lot, starting from the recruitment, but also when people are with us. And how did you figure out, let's say, because you said that the third factor was being able to scale the company, internationalize it, and yes, customer groups in a way stay the same, but then they're also very different. What is like an advice you would give here to, let's say, still stay close to the customer while going, like while internationalizing? Mm -hmm. I think in a bit in our case, I think it, it needs both. You need in our case, of course, you need localized content. I mean, in in in, in France and in UK and in in US, Disney would work. There would be also uh, I don't know, for the people I don't know Power Patrol or Pepper Woods, Pepper Pig. It works in other countries. But in order to be successful, in our case, you need also local heroes. So you need to have some localization, uh, particularly in terms of marketing and licenses. But we as a company from the headquarter need to give some kind of, I would say, basic boundaries when it comes to brand and also marketing. So it is our look and feel of the product in terms of what our quality aspirations and, and in terms of pricing strategy. So it, there, there are some elements, I think, which is important, which needs to come from, let's say, headquarter, which is based here in Düsseldorf, Germany, which sets clear boundaries and say, well, this is, this is what we are. So this is our brand, this is our la la la. But then it needs some local adaptation. That's why we always found our own company. So they're also daughter companies in the US, in the UK, France. So with an own general manager and uh, with 100% own employees. So they have a lot of responsibility to do the local, to adapt the local needs. Uh, of course, also to campaigns. But but in 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 cooperation with the headquarters, it needs to have some kind of kind of playbook or rules which has been coming from us because we think that. We would like to promote Tony's as the global and largest brand in this area of kids uh, audio speaker. And, and therefore, we need to, uh, to have this kind of rules in place. Otherwise, it would not work. So. That makes sense. No. <laughs> I, think, I think so. <laughs> I think so. I mean, you can't do, for instance, when we have, uh, I don't know, six colors and we have this famous ears and we have a kind of logo and we have some kind of um, yeah, how, we, how we write text, etc. So I think this needs to be needs to be recognized by everybody. So it doesn't matter if you if you buy the Tony's in um in the US or in uh, in France. By the way, we are selling in eight countries, meanwhile, plus some uh, true and back shops, six additional, also Hong Kong now. But the Tony Box is in more than 100 countries already in use. This is what we can see through to the connection of wireless NAND. So 
And therefore, it's, I think it's important that you, yeah, we'll see the same product, you see the same colors, you see the same brand, you see the uh, kind of, you have local adaptation, of course, in terms of campaigns and in terms of content, but uh, there needs to be some joint element, I would say, in order to make this globally successful. Yeah, so, the, so that there's ultimately some sort of recon, uh, recognizable value or some, some sort of, let's say, parallels, which ultimately make sure that, hey, you recognize Tony's in generic country last question from my side would be looking back at this entire journey of building up tony's over yeah almost a decade not quite and and turning it from from a let's say small i have an idea i see a pain point to an ipo company what would you like looking back say this is the number one learning i had throughout this journey and that i would like to pass on to those listening to this podcast of course, it is uh, expecting this question, but it's a difficult one to answer, to be very honest. But I think you need to be. <laughs> I need. I think you uh, you should put um, need to be continuously passionate about your, your your product and think always what is the right thing for the company. I mean, the reason why you mentioned why we went to an IPO is not because I would like to hit the bell or some other things. Because I think <laughs> it's another capital. It's, it's, it's another. It's another capital round, honestly, to uh, to finance our great ambitions in terms of new innovations and going bringing this great product into other countries. And I think what we, particularly myself, uh, keep on going to have is that we still live our dream here and passionate about the product and we're getting kids around the globe happy with Tony's. And I think this is um, fundamentally important that you keep on having great passion and interest on on this product and, and this drives you. And having this in focus, and then you do. You change on the shareholder base, you do an IPO, you do the capital round, or you do that, this and that. So this is some kind of elements. And I think this is this is extremely important. And, um, and it's a different, different, by the way, if you say, well, I found a company and after two years, I would like to do an exit, which is also fine. So we, 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 we're coming more from really our own thoughts and thinking, our own kids and doing something which has a relevance and, and um, continues living this dream. I think this is, this is um, yeah, a great element to have. And, and, and this drives, of course, and, and the success of this, um, this company. And, and by the way, it's always been good to have something new. So I, uh, two years ago, I've been, said probably an IPO, never ever, but now we have done this. Um, and it, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you Keeps you <laughs> Well, Well, that's a beautiful word or last word. It was a blast having you and absolute pleasure to talk to you, to learn from you and yeah. I wish you all the best on your journey and hope to welcome you back soon. Thanks, Kylian. It was really a pleasure. A lot of fun uh, having this podcast. So thanks a lot for having me here.